0: Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter four, verse thirty-five to forty-one. Mark four thirty-five to forty-one. You see the wind. And the waves obeying Jesus here in our scripture this morning. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took with him, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? that even the wind and the sea obey him. This is the word of our Lord. Last summer, if you recall, we had a kind of a summer parable series. We looked at, uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, we looked at several of Christ's teachings of his parables. Well, this summer we're going to look at more of the life of Christ, but only from the Gospel of Mark, and then we'll move into the Gospel of John. But our question for today is, who is he? Who can this be? That's what the disciples said. And this is really a powerful piece of Scripture. It really is. But so often we simply brush it off as just another story about the life of Christ. We see it, we read it, and say, oh, that's interesting. But when you really analyze it and evaluate this passage, we see that, first of all, this is the first place in the Gospels, that, the first time in the Gospels that we read about Jesus having control over nature and the elements. And the disciples got to see this control. They got to see this power in action firsthand. To them, and no doubt others that were around, it brought fear, but also amazement and astonishment. See, this is more than just a story of a historic event that took place in the life of Christ and his disciples. And it was put into scripture to demonstrate that Jesus had the power of God and was God. And shows his saving capabilities. So let's look at what's going on in here in the scripture this morning. Previous to this, Jesus had just finished preaching to to a crowd. And he was trying to leave the area. They were on the, Jesus and his disciples were on the uh, western shore of the Sea of Galilee. And simply wanted to get away from the the crowd. uh, No doubt for some rest and relaxation. So they kind of quickly and and tried to be quietly hopped on their boat and started to the other side. On the other side, the cities weren't as large, so they figured that they could get a quiet place to rest for a little while. But they weren't quite sneaky enough. They weren't quite quiet enough. They weren't quite quick enough. Because the crowd saw what Jesus and the, the disciples were doing, so they, too, hopped in their boats, the little boats, the Scripture tells us, and they started to follow. But this was a mistake, however, as the crowd will figure out in a few minutes. See, there was a violent storm that comes up. And from what they say, these storms kind of appear out of nowhere on the Sea of Galilee. And they are very violent storms, maybe hurricane-type winds and waves, so very, very forceful storms, and they come up so quickly. So, you have really two choices. Either you go down with the boat, or you head back to shore. That's really the two choices that they would have had. The storm comes up suddenly and without warning. Meanwhile, as Scripture tells us, Jesus fell asleep on a cushion in the boat. And it's interesting to note that this is really the only place in Scripture where we read of Jesus actually sleeping. He was so exhausted from a full day of preaching, of teaching, and healing, that even these hurricane-like winds and rain and waves didn't wake him up. What a wonderful picture of humanity. The boat was literally filling with water from the waves crashing over it. And here Jesus is, sound asleep. So the disciples decide to wake Jesus up saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. They're not only surprised that he's able to sleep through this, but no doubt he's frightened. The disciples are frightened for their lives. But they're probably also a little bit upset. Here they are, and I can just imagine them with, with whatever utensils they have maybe a bucket, maybe just their hands bucketing out the water of the boat so they don't drown and the boat sinks. And here's Jesus sound asleep. So whenever they go and wake him up, They're not necessarily coming to him to say, Jesus, Master, Teacher, wake up and give us a miracle. They're saying, wake up. We need another hand up here on the deck to help get out the water. Or if nothing else, as the boat goes down, prepare to make a swim for it. Jesus wakes up. And while the scripture doesn't Say this, I can picture him just kind of stretching out. You know how when you wake up in the morning you just kind of stretch out and just you feel good after a little bit of a rest, or if you take one of those power naps, you just kind of stretch. And I can just picture him doing that, and standing up, rebuking the wind, hushing the seas to be still. Now, as I'm sure that many of us here had some storms this week. We did in Strongstown. Usually the storms come up. You can kind of hear the rumble of thunder and you can feel the change maybe in the air pressure a little bit. You see the clouds coming in and then you get the rain, you get some wind and maybe some thunder and lightning. And it, it intensifies and then maybe in 15 minutes, a little bit less rain, a little bit less lightning, a little bit less thunder and the storm moves on. We're all familiar with that. That's typically how storms occur here, as well as most places around the world. But in this case, as soon as Jesus spoke to the wind, as he spoke to the waves, as he spoke to the storm, to the elements, to nature, it stopped immediately. Nature obeyed Jesus' command. Amazing. It did that because Jesus is creator and sustainer of the universe, and it obeys Him. After that, Jesus kind of rebukes the disciples' lack of faith because He had already been preaching and teaching to and with the disciples. We're kind of kind of uh, towards the end of the second year of His uh, ministry. Uh, in the in the area of Galilee. And Jesus has repeatedly demonstrated his power over disease. He's killed many people. He's demonstrated his power over demons. He's cast out demons from many people. He's shown his power over death, but the disciples still didn't get the power that was sitting in their boat. So now he shows them That he has power over nature. Even the elements. And the disciples became afraid. Nature had obeyed the commands of this man. They were afraid because they knew. They realized they had the power of God. Not only the power of God in their boat. But they had God himself in human form, in their boat. And they marveled and questioned among themselves, who is this man? And that's our question for us this morning as well. Who is this man? Most people don't blink an eye too much today whenever a reference to God is made. And people will say that. God bless you. God be with you. And so on. God bless America. We've heard that quite a bit. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. But if you bring up the name of Jesus, that's a different story. And people act completely different when they hear that. Next time somebody sneezes, people say, God bless you. Say, Jesus bless you. And see what their reaction is. It'll be quite a difference. Now, if they're Christian, they shouldn't respond too drastically. But when you ask people, who is Jesus? Some people will say that he was a great teacher. And that's true. He was. He was a great teacher. Some people will even say that he was a powerful prophet. And that's true. But Christians should respond like Peter does later on in Scripture. When Peter is asked by Christ, he says, who am I? Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's how Christians should respond as well. Many people here in the United States claim that Jesus is Lord They claim to know Him. But unfortunately, their lives are not lived in obedience to Him. But who is this man that controls the sea? Is He the Creator? Or is He some con man that somehow was able to pull off this trick? Well, John 1 tells us that by Him All things were created. Jesus is the source of all things. Everything we see, everything we touch, everything we hear. He created it all. He is eternal. He was there at the beginning, creating it. And he'll be there at the end of it. Or as at the end of the world as we know it. And for sure, these are not small claims. You cannot reject Jesus' divinity and still accept his teaching. As we'll see later this summer from the, the Gospel of John, those wonderful I Am statements, we'll see that Jesus claimed to be God. And he is. So you cannot reject his teaching. You cannot accept his teaching and reject his claim of being God. As I said, the people saw the power of God firsthand on display many times through the healings, physical healings, through the exorcisms of demons, by raising the dead and calming the storms. But yet, many of those people did not believe Either. And they thought of Jesus as simply a dangerous blasphemer. The Pharisees opposed him, as we know, and the crowds were amazed by him. Even the disciples at this point in time don't know all about Jesus, they don't know all that is in store for them with their future adventures with Christ and for Christ. But His deeds reveal the truth. Jesus is God in human form. The Bible leaves little choice for that. You either accept Christ for who He is, or you reject Him. He is either Creator of all, or He isn't. He is either sustainer of all, or he isn't. He is either Savior or not. You cannot take portions of his message. You cannot take portions of him. You must take it and live by it all. As I mentioned last week, this is indeed part of our Christian and Methodist heritage. For those who believe in him as Lord and Savior know who he is. But we cannot be neutral about what he says. We must listen and respond in obedience. That's who he is. That's our question. That's the answer to the question. The question to you is, who is this man to you? Do you accept Him as 100%? Is He Savior? Is He Lord? Is He Creator? Is He Sustainer? Or not? The disciples were afraid out there on that boat after the seas were calmed because they knew. They saw His power. Sure, they were still growing in their spiritual knowledge of Christ as we all are, and they still had a lot to learn, as we do as well, but they realized who he was, and they lived their life accordingly, at least 11 of them did. There's still a lot of room for us to improve, there's a lot for us to learn today as well. The calming of the seas opened the eyes and minds of the disciples to the majesty and to the power of Jesus. Ask Him to do the same for you today as well. Ask Him to open your eyes, to open your minds, to see Him and accept Him as He really is. Ask Him into your life as Lord and Savior and ask Him to help you obey His commands and to serve Him faithfully throughout your life. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for our time in Your Word this morning. Help us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is a living God, the only One that can redeem us. Help us to grasp the truth of Your Word that our Savior is God, the Creator and the Controller. He is the compassionate, loving, deliverer, and rescuer, and Savior of his people for whom he cares. Teach us those lessons you would have us to learn, and may we teach them to others. In Christ's name, amen.